This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The liturgical scripture readings for the third Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the book of the prophet Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying, Set out for the great city of Nineveh and announce to it the message that I will tell you. So Jonah made ready and went to Nineveh according to the Lord's bidding. Now Nineveh was an enormously large city, and it took three days to go through it. Jonah began his journey through the city and had gone but a single day's walk, announcing, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be destroyed. When the people of Nineveh believed God, they proclaimed a fast, and all of them, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw by their actions how they turned from their evil ways, he repented of the evil that he had threatened to do to them. He did not carry it out. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Remember that your compassion, O Lord, and your love are from of old. In your kindness, remember me because of your goodness, O Lord. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Thus he shows sinners the way. He guides the humble to justice and teaches the humble his way. Teach me your ways, O Lord. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. I tell you, brothers and sisters, the time is running out. From now on, let those having wives act as not having them, those weeping as not weeping, those rejoicing as not rejoicing, those buying as not owning, those using the world as not using it fully. For the world in its present form is passing away. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little further and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat mending their nets. Then he called to them, 
So they left their father Zebedee in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, Kevin, we are celebrating the third Sunday in Ordinary Time. And what I do want to mention is we have coming up on January 22nd, a day of prayer. And this is something recognized by the Catholic Church. In fact, it is also incorporated into the GERM, the General Instruction of the Roman Missal. And it says that it it designates January 22nd as a particular day of prayer and penance called the Day of Prayer for the Legal Protection of Unborn Children uh, in all the dioceses of the United States of America. And it um, is to be observed uh, as a day of prayer uh, for the full restoration of the legal guarantee of the rights to life and penance for violations to the dignity of the human person committed through acts of abortion. Now, of course, on June 24th of the year 2022, there was the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization decision that overturned Roe versus Wade, but we still have in many states across the union incidents where we have abortion going on at a state level. Yeah, we still must work and pray for the end of abortion in a our country. A lot of work to still yeah. do, right. We also this week on January 25th, we have the Feast of the Conversion of St. Paul. Of course, that's one of our great events in the early church. Uh, Saul was a student of the Pharisee Rabbi Gamaliel that we read in Scripture. Uh, of course, Saul was a, 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 a very active persecutor of Christians and then was suddenly converted on the road to Damascus when the Lord appeared to him. So, of course, then we see Saul then had his name changed to Paul and a great apostle to the Gentiles. So please remember on the 25th, that conversion. And talking about conversions, I really see that as a theme today. Of course, we see the conversion of Nineveh in the first reading. We see the conversion of the apostles in the gospel. And and I really want to, I guess, just spend a second on the fact that, you know, conversions don't have to be big event experiences, not like Paul had. Uh, Some people may experience those, but I think a lot for most of us, on that journey to salvation, it's it's a lot of small conversions. I would say a lot of small yeses that you say every day. It's that gaining of the habit of, say, reading the Mass uh, readings each morning. Uh, maybe it's that noon Angelus. Maybe it's some prayer in the evening. Some of those small things that we slowly conform ourselves to Christ just through those small little yeses. So some may have huge conversion experiences. I think many of us have these small event, those little yeses during the day. Exactly, because conversion is an ongoing process. Yes. Yes. It takes a lifetime, yeah. (laughs) Yes, it does, doesn't it? I'm still on that road, Carla. Yeah, we all are. (laughs) Well, today, the prophet Jonah. Okay, so this is actually the second time the word word of God came to Jonah. Uh, the first time sort of ended badly for Jonah the first time. It maybe things got a, kind of fishy, didn't they? Fishy. <laughs> things were, it might have involved a fish. That was just bad. But thankfully, God gave Jonah a second chance. He went to Nineveh to announce God's justice. And the beautiful thing is Nineveh repented. A conversion took place. 
And then God relented and he did not destroy the city. Exactly, exactly. So in this uh, reading, God told Jonah to warn the inhabitants of Nineveh that if they didn't repent from their wickedness, they would be destroyed. And Jonah was a righteous man of God, and he, he wasn't very enthusiastic about giving these people an opportunity to repent. He'd rather that God just strike him dead there and then. But despite his reluctance, Jonah did as God commanded. And astonishingly, the inhabitants of Nineveh did repent. And the reading tells us that they proclaimed a fast for all of them, great and small, and they put on sackcloth. And that meant that everyone, from the mighty king to the lowest servant, participated in that act of repentance. Much of the world today has turned away from God and has become a giant cesspool of wickedness where the horrors of human trafficking, slave labor, abortion, euthanasia, and drug addiction run rampant. But even though many of our world leaders have turned away from God, God is still in control. It's disheartening and even overwhelming at times. There are times that I would like to see God just strike the wickedness with with a lightning bolt and erase them from the face of the earth. But that's not my call. Only God knows the hearts of human persons. And if there is a possibility of redemption, then that is something that I should want to see happen. You know, we don't know why such wickedness and evil flourishes, but we do know that God has a plan and it's not our job to decide the fates of others, but rather to trust God, to pray for his mercy and his protection, and to be available when he sends us on our Jonah mission. Yeah, you mentioned that. I think that is a beautiful call with our free will, is to respond to God when he calls us. Yes, and how important that is, because we need to make sure that we change our lives now. We need to be sure that we behave in a way that we are prepared to meet Christ at any time. Because we see in St. Paul to the Corinthians today, this was written about AD 57, and he says, brothers and sisters, time is running out. And the world, and it ends this, for the world in its present form is passing away. And I think that uh, when I look at that and I tie to the book of Revelation, I think uh, uh, Scott Hahn has some beautiful quotes in his book, The Lamb's Supper. It says here, today, most of us associate the soon with the second coming of Jesus at the end of the world. And this is surely true. Both John and Jesus were speaking about the end of history. I think, however, that they were also and primarily speaking about the end of a world, the destruction of the Jerusalem temple, and with it the end of the world of the old covenant, with its sacrifices and rituals, its barriers to Gentiles, and its barriers between heaven and earth. Yet the parousia, or coming of Jesus, was to be more than an ending. It was a beginning, a new Jerusalem, a new covenant, and a new heaven and earth. And I think that's what we respond to. That's why we say, we say yes today to change our lives, to have that, use our free will to respond to Christ's call, to be able to embrace that new covenant and Christ, really Christ's divinity as presence in our lives today. That's beautiful, that new beginning to look forward to. Yes, exactly. So we see in our gospel according to Mark today, of course, the kingdom of heaven of, of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. We need to make that commitment today. No more One day, Carla, sometime in the future, I think maybe (laughs) I'll commit to Christ, right? That's not what he's saying. And Christ says here, come after me and I will make you fishers of men. 
Now, I, I read something recently uh, about this term fishers of men because I, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, that's really nice. We're going to be fishers of men and we're going to kind of collect fish and we're going to take care of them and maybe shepherd them a little bit. But that's not really what a fisherman does, is it? Fishermen are not shepherds. They're not keepers of fish. They are hunters, catchers, and killers. <laughs> and so the question comes in like, Hmm, well, wait a second here. If I want, Christ is calling us to be, say, fishers of men, specifically priests, but also us as a lady. Right. What does that mean? I So I thought, well, let me, you know, when I go fishing, right, I use a sharp <laughs> hook <laughs> and I wait for that little tug and boy, I bring that, I bring that fish in and I bonk it on the head and I slice it open and I gut it and I take the scales off and I cook it and I eat it. <laughs> That's right. That gave me a whole different meaning. Like, oh, wait, wait, from the fishers of men, what is that really is calling really me to do? This really warm and fuzzy, is it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not a catch and release program here, are yeah, we? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is definitely a final end to this. Well, um, St. Lawrence of uh, Bredinsky, uh wrote this, and I think this is a, a very appropriate way to look at this. It says, yet it remains a very apt metaphor as fish that are caught and killed by fishermen and eaten by people are transformed into a nobler substance. So it is also necessary for sinners to first put to death their former way of life. Uh -huh. And so I think that's what it's really talking about here is to be able to, if you think about the fishers, men, I'm going to collect these, these, I'm going to fish for men, so to speak. But then I give that person that chance to rip out their ugly guts in the middle, right? right? Which again is this per right. this whole lifelong process uh, but then say no to the previous way of life and say yes to this new covenant and this yeah. new world that Christ has instituted yeah. in us. Good, good. Yeah, where you're walking away from that. Right? Yes, exactly. And that's what we hear in the gospel today, right? These apostles, they abandoned, we're told that they abandoned their nets to follow Jesus, right? And like you're saying, when we abandon something, that means we're not going back to it. We're not going back to the sin. We're not going back to what was left behind. We're not going back to our, our guts that were, that were removed from us and the scales and all the nasty stuff, right? So these men walked away from their livelihood and their families to follow Jesus. And this reading made me consider also the great sacrifice that's made by our priests and religious today. Many of them walked away from promising careers, and they all made the sacrifice to leave their families behind, to devote themselves completely to the service of God and the service of mankind. Good Catholic priests are so unappreciated. Not enough Catholics spend time praying for our priests and praying for new priests, right? Thanking God for our priests. We need to pray for new vocations. Remember to pray for your parish priest and all the priests and religious throughout the world. They have made a great sacrifice to be our ministers, and for this we should be eternally grateful. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.